It's good to be with you today. Um, I want to take just a minute and, um, and pray for us and call attention to just the importance of today. I don't know if you've uh, recognized this or if you watch the news, but from my understanding, uh, the vaccine has shipped today. And many of our uh, first responders, those who are first-line workers, will be uh, even some friends that I've talked with this morning that they'll be vaccinated um, the early part of this week. And that's something to celebrate. That is not something, uh, I believe, to take for granted. And we can choose either to ask all the questions of what does that mean, which is really just kind of entering into sarcasm and cynicism. And we were sit- sitting around the fire pit last night, and Katie was reading me, um, f- reading to me from a book she was reading on leadership. And uh, I think I remember her saying that, that the idea of sarcasm, that the definition literally means a tearing of the flesh. And so we can either in this time in our lives enter into sarcasm and cynicism and literally like destroying our hearts in the hope of what is to come. Or we can find evidence of God's grace and what I call the little breadcrumbs of God's grace that he leaves for us. A trail in our lives if we'll open our eyes and see them. And I think the vaccine is a part of that. We shouldn't take it for granted that it's been developed so quickly. I don't think we should trust in men in saying, oh, this is something that we have accomplished. But I think God's been very gracious to us. And I'm choosing today to be very thankful for today. And I don't know what this means for the future. um, But I'm thankful for what God has done today. And, And we pray that it will continue to bring hope and healing to many people. Uh, I know I'm thankful this week uh, to be able to say, Erlene and Stacy, we are so grateful that you are feeling better. And we count it as God's blessing on your life that he has answered our prayers. So praise God for that. Um, let, me, let me pray for us. And then we're going to look at God's word at the Advent story from Luke 1. Father, we thank you that you are not a God um, who has pushed pause on our world. That, Father, you are not uh, standing in the cosmos uh, hurling fireballs at us, having given up on us in judgment. God, the rainbow reminds us of that in the story of Noah. But, Father, you are a God who has loved us in an intimate and an intense way. So much so that you would sacrifice your own son in order that you would be made known to us. So God, I pray today that you would give us hearts that are hopeful, not because of a vaccine necessarily, or not because of our circumstances, but hopeful in Jesus, hopeful in a Father who desires to bless us and who loves us intensely and who has made himself known to us. God, would you speak to us again today as you're so faithful to do through your word, and would you give us hearts to hear and to obey? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would, grab a Bible and turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Love this Advent series that we're in. It's entitled, uh, A Light in the Darkness. And that's what Jesus is for us. He's the light in our darkness. And I'm so thankful that you're here today. There's some of you who are here and you have been believers 
for a long time now. And so I pray that God would remind us of the goodness of Jesus and the fact that he is with us. And there's some of you who you're still kind of seeking what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I pray that today that, that God would speak to you clearly through his story of history. I know that wherever your heart is at today, you're going to be blessed as you hear this story. I'm so excited about it. When we think about a birth, why is it that we get so excited about the birth of a baby? I mean, there's so many things that take place, such a miracle in the birth of a baby. There's so much hope that is extended, so, such a great future ahead. What lies ahead for the world and for the child, right? When a baby is born, there are gifts that are unlocked in this child. How will they bless the world? What will those giftings be? Will they be an artist? Will they write poetry to bless others like Ben has done this morning? How will they use their gifts? Will they be entrepreneurs? Will they be creators? Will they be servants who, who serve our world faithfully? So many gifts, so much hope. How much more hope is wrapped up in the gift of Jesus as we consider him as a baby? Hope that crosses time. Hope that extends throughout cultures. Hope throughout all of eternity. But hope isn't just relegated to Christmas. Oftentimes we think of Jesus and his birth. And we think of the hope that he offers. But we oftentimes relegate it to Christmas. But I want to remind you of something. And I hope your hearts will be awakened this morning. To be reminded of the fact, or maybe here for the very first time, that God continues to speak to each one of us today. Are you aware of that? Years ago, Henry Blackaby wrote a study entitled, Experiencing God. And if you look at that study, he taught a simple principle from the Bible, and it revolutionized so many Christians' lives, millions upon millions of people were affected by this simple reality that he explained from the Scriptures. People's hearts were awakened. Their faith went from being like dry bones to being alive again. All because of this one simple reality that existed throughout the story of God. And it's this simple truth. God is always at work around you. God is always at work around you. Now, why do you think this was so life-changing for so many people? It's because it gives us hope. The fact that God is always at work around us means we aren't stuck. It means the rut that we find ourselves in we can get out of that God is always at work. Nothing is impossible with God. And he's on the move in our world in real and exciting ways. That God is still in the business of changing lives and freeing people from shame and addiction and death. And that's just not good news. That's amazing news. And it's hope for us today. Not just a God who is at work in the past or a God who is at work in others' lives, but a God who is speaking to each and every one of us today. 
Last week, we looked at the story of Zechariah and the birth of John the Baptist. And his father, John's father, Zechariah, he was filled with doubt. He struggled to believe that God could give him a son in his old age. It seemed impossible. We saw that God helps us in our unbelief. He helped Zechariah in order that we can believe so that we will find joy. We find joy in our belief. This week we're going to look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. We're going to look at Mary's story. We're just going to highlight some of the things that Mary faced, some of the emotions that she faced in this difficult decision. Will she believe the angel Gabriel and the seemingly impossible message he brings to her? And as we examine the text, we too are pulled into this story in order that we would ask ourselves, will we believe God and follow him in the work he is doing in the world around us? Or will we merely cave to doubt and unbelief, to sarcasm and cynicism? And in this story, we learn a powerful truth for following God. It's a truth that I believe releases joy in the heart of the believer. And the truth is this. God speaks, we submit. Very countercultural to American society. God speaks and we submit. And that is a key to our joy. I'm not saying it's something that we practice well in a country where over the last 250 years the main thrust of our lives have been life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But the truth is that God is wiser and smarter and more powerful and much better at running our lives than we are. And Mary shows us how submitting to God in humility brings joy and hope into our lives. And so if you need some of that in 2020, if you need some joy and if you need some hope, let's look at Mary's story and pay attention as we read. I want to begin as we learn how to listen to God from Mary's story. Let's look at verse 26. I'm going to read through verse 33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. As we learn how to listen to God, the first emotion that we often face and what Mary faced is fear. This might come as a surprise to many of you, but whenever God speaks, there's always an element of fear. God's inviting us to join Him in the supernatural. I mean, God's always at work in our natural world in a supernatural way. But God is inviting us to join Him And we hear God's voice and we respond. And it's scary in those moments to choose to live by faith. I mean, think about Mary for a moment. She risked being misunderstood. She was being accused of adultery by those who would be around her. 
It's difficult, I think, for us today to really understand the weight of what this accusation would have been like in our Western society. But Mary lived in a culture that valued virginity before marriage as the norm. Not a culture that produces comedies called the 40-year-old virgin, but a society that saw sex in a marriage as right and beautiful and created by God as a good gift to be cherished. And she risked being misunderstood, being misunderstood, being accused of adultery, but she risked even more than that. She risked a loss of character and even loss of life. We have many friends who will get engaged over the Christmas season. It's a great time, you know, to, to celebrate a future wedding. And so you'll have friends that, that they'll get down on a knee and ask someone, will you marry me? But it's different than what Mary experienced. Because betrothal in her time in Jewish society was much more serious. It was much more binding. A dowry would have already been paid. It's not something you can just break off. In fact, adultery during engagement was seen as more serious than after marriage. With the punishment being stoning. And for all our young kids, I always have to refer to stoning. as That's not a blunt. This is literally when society would gather around an individual in judgment. The community at large would pick up a stone and each would hurl it until the person had lost their life. In a way of saying, may this be to us if we too violate this law. This is what Mary was risking in this moment. She risked being misunderstood by Joseph, her future husband. She, lit, she risked loss of life and character. She risked losing her lifelong dream of being a mother and a wife. Best case scenario, best case, she would be a lifelong single mom who was always misunderstood. Now think about that for a moment. Mary's faced with all these fears, and look at verse 34 how she responds in a miraculous way. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Whenever we hear from God, we always face fear that must be overcome as we join God in the supernatural. But in the midst of that, as we face our fear, we are tempted with doubt. Mary uh, is tempted... With doubt, but she responds in a much different way than Zechariah did. Think about it. Mary and Zechariah both had questions, but they expressed them differently. Zechariah was filled with doubt. Mary never asked whether it will happen, she simply asked how it will happen. Mary's faith is a great miracle given to her by God. Contrast Zechariah. And Mary for a moment. Think about the two of them. As you think about how God speaks. And could God even continue to speak to us today? God is at work all around us. He speaks to us through his word. These are his words through the Bible. He speaks to us through prayer. As we communicate with him. He speaks to us through our circumstances. As we interact throughout the day. He even uses other people in order to. To speak to us and to be a blessing. Did you know that sometimes God uses non-believers, people who don't even follow him, in order to bless you? 
You're the recipient this morning of a blessing. From my neighbor, she ordered all these poinsettias for our church because she wanted to bless us. I've invited her multiple times. She's never attended. She's a lovely lady. Uh, she, she loves our kids. She lets our kids, she pays them to cut her grass and uh, wash her car. She's a really kind lady. And she bought all these flowers for us today because there was a nursery in Coldwater, Mississippi that was struggling. They had so many poinsettias and they weren't able to sell them. And she said, I want to bless your church with some flowers this Advent season. That's a, that's a crumb of God's grace. That he would even use non-believers in order to remind us of his goodness. And of the fact that he wants to bless us. Contrast Zachariah and Mary for a moment. Zachariah was old. He had a history of serving God in an important position in the heart, the very heart of Jewish religion. In the temple. He was the man who went before God in order to light incense as they would worship. Think about his high position. But he struggled to believe. Mary, on the other hand, well, she was a no one. She lived north of Jerusalem. Might as well call it Nowheresville, a place called Nazareth. John in chapter 1 verse 46, one of Jesus' potential disciples would say, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That old northern city in Galilee? But something good did come. It came in the faith of a young girl who was seemingly unimportant. A nobody from nowhere. Never forget God has a history of using nobodies from nowhere and changing destinies. Have you given up on God? Do you believe He wants to use you to impact the world around you with His love and for His glory? There is nothing more significant than living by faith and sharing the eternal love of Jesus. But whenever God speaks to us, we'll always be faced with fear. And there will always be an opportunity for us to doubt. Look how Mary responds in verses 35 through 38. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age hath also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary, faced with fear in the midst of her doubt, submitted. In order to follow Jesus, we must be willing to lay our plans, sometimes even our dreams and our hopes aside, and surrender to Jesus. Mary, in a miraculous moment, she trusts God's plan and humbly declares to Him, she says, I am a servant of the Lord. Listen to these words. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. I think that too many of us in the West have attempted to turn Christianity upside down. I say attempted to turn Christianity upside down. 
Believing God is here to serve us and to give us our hopes and our dreams. Believing that we know what's better for our lives than He does. What do you need to give to Jesus in 2021 in order that you could say, I am His servant? I am His servant. Let it be to me according to your will. What keeps you from following God because it's, it's grabbed your heart's affection more than Jesus in this last year. What keeps you from following God? Because it's grabbed your heart's affection more than Jesus in this last year. Is it comfort? Is it security? Is it fear? Humbly submit yourself to God and obey Him. He's confidently leading us. He's speaking to us on a daily basis. And there's something, there's something that's beautiful in submitting to God. We've lost this in our society today. Submission has become uh, a dirty word. Denying ourselves has become kind of a, a, a useless thought. But submission to God, trusting Him by faith, is a beautiful thing. Because of what it means when I submit myself to God, it means I no longer have to carry the burden that I have been carrying. I've got a little sign um, that I regularly look at that, that simply says, God is God and I am not. It actually says, God is God and I am dust. That's where it came from. He is creator I am created. Which is just a really simple way of reminding me that he has a much better idea of the greatest story of my life and what joy in him looks like than I possibly could. There's something beautiful about saying, God, I want to let go of my life in order that I could follow you and submit to you. Something beautiful about that. I'm not saying that life is going to be easy. It wasn't easy for Mary. She stood and watched her son be crucified. But we're going to see that she also understood the blessing that comes. That there would be resurrection. She would come to see that there is resurrection and glory on the other side of crucifixion. Mary was faced with fear and potential doubt and she submitted herself to the Lord. Look at verse 39. In those days... Mary arose and, and went with haste into the hill country to the town of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. We see a beautiful confirmation that Elizabeth gives to Mary as she's struggling with fear and with doubt. And even after submitting herself to the Lord, it's not like we just say, okay, God, I submit myself to you. And then for the next 365 days of 2021, we're never going to struggle with fear and doubt again. No, I struggle with fear on a daily basis, multiple times a day. And we choose to submit ourselves to the Lord and say, God, 
I'm choosing to trust in you by faith to continue to follow in the plan that you have for me in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of circumstances that we would never choose, in the midst of suffering, persecution. And we see here that God confirms in a very gracious way what He is doing in Mary's life through Elizabeth. See, belief isn't merely intellectual. Belief always involves our obedience. And as we hear God and obey, He is kind to offer evidence to reassure us along the way that He is at work. God wants to do that for you today. He's doing that in your life, reminding you that He is at work. And Mary is reassured that God is up to wonderful things in this world as she discovers that her elderly cousin, Elizabeth, is six months pregnant. And her faith is built up when, when John the Baptist leaps for joy at the moment that Mary enters the room, carrying this tiny baby Jesus in her belly, bringing joy even before his birth. Elizabeth's words confirm that God is truly up to something amazing. Now here's, here's the truth for us. Even though we won't likely see the angel Gabriel who will come to us and appear, right? I mean, we're not even lucky enough to see Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, right? If you don't know who Clarence is, you need to watch It's a Wonderful Life this, this Christmas season. But God continues to speak to us. He speaks to us through the Bible. He speaks to us through prayer, he speaks to us through our circumstances when we're willing to open our eyes and see him. He speaks to us through other people. And he uses other people to show us evidence of his power and his wonderful deeds. Evidence that he's still at work changing hearts and lives. Bringing love and healing and hope to our world. Giving us hope. And it's why we need community. It's why you can't live the Christian life alone. You cannot live the Christian life alone. You will either stumble into narcissism in which you think that you have it all together and you will become judgmental or if you live the Christian life alone, you will, you will, you will struggle with, with sarcasm and your faith will fail you. If you try to lead the Christian life alone, you do not have enough faith on your own. God has called us to live in community because community is His plan to remind us that He is at work all around us. His Spirit, He's placed in each of us. I want you to think for a minute. Think about one or two people. I'll prove it to you. Some of you are still doubting that God speaks to us. You're like, I've read the Bible before and it bores me to tears. I've tried to pray and I fall asleep. My circumstances, my prayers don't get through the roof. It seems like in 2020 God has left me. Well... He hasn't left you through the people he's placed around you. Because his work through them is undeniable. Think about one or two people in our church who you've especially seen God at work in in this last year. See, I don't have that much confidence in our church. We're not that great. We're not that amazing. But I have extreme confidence in the Holy Spirit that God has placed in us. And I guarantee you, if you've been living in any kind of community, that you have been encouraged by a couple of people around you that you have said, man, I wish I had a faith like they had. Consider emailing those people. Consider calling them, sending them a text message and just saying, I've been encouraged by you this year. 
Consider for a moment what makes your heart leap for joy. Is it Jesus? Do you get excited about meeting him in the scriptures and in prayer? I mean, do you fellowship with him throughout your day? Or has your heart been assaulted by the cares of the world? The the temporary of twinkling things that don't last. Let's look at how this story ends. It ends with great joy. Look at what we have called the Magnificat, which is, as Ben mentioned earlier, just the first line of Mary's song, impromptu. Mary's got bars, y'all, that she drops on us. My kids will make fun of me for that later, but they're awake now. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. You know, whenever we uh, sense God at work, I just had the thought, whenever we sense God at work speaking to us, we should read the Magnificat. Not just during Advent, when we seek and sense that God is speaking to us and that He is at work and we're listening, we should read Mary's song and be reminded and encouraged of who God speaks to. Mary burst out in song. It echoes the song of Hannah. From who is Samuel's mom. It's back in 1 Samuel chapter 2 if you'd love to take a look at it. So Mary has these words of scripture memorized. And 1 Samuel chapter 2 begins to come to mind. And Psalm 113, that song begins to come to mind. And she sings of how God has blessed the nobody in her humble estate. And how God will do for every man and woman who fears Him. What he has done for her. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is still in the business of speaking and doing wonderful things in our world? That God will use people like you and me. People with seemingly nothing to contribute. Normal everyday people who are willing to humble ourselves and submit to his voice. To listen and obey. What does the old hymn say? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. As you think about Mary's story today, I think many people in our world who claim to be followers of Jesus will never truly hear from God. They'll never truly hear from Him. They'll never truly follow Him. They might be busy with religion and activity. But they've misplaced themselves in the story. They think that God is merely an assistant 
in their story. They see themselves as kings and they ask God to join them in their kingdom. Their kingdom of working hard and doing good things and having nice careers. Of having nice homes and safer families and being generally happy and living safe lives. But that's not who God is. Jesus didn't come as a baby in order to be your spiritual assistant. To help you write your story. He came as God in order to die for our sins. And to invite us into His kingdom and into His story. It's a story of adventure and risk and courage and faith. And it's far from safe or nice or neat. But it's a good story. And it's the only kind of story where people really live. And it's filled with joy and satisfaction and hope for all who are willing to humble themselves before this baby king. I want to ask you, as the band comes up, I've got a couple of questions I want you to meditate on. How do you need to realign your life in 2021 in order to live a God-centered life that's both real and personal? And how is God on the move inviting you into His story today? I wonder what it would be like for us as a church if each of us just said, you know what? In a lot of ways, I've been living my own life. But God, in 2021, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try an experiment. We're going to let 2021 be a, a bit of a lab experiment. Couldn't go any worse than 2020. So God, I'm going to be your servant in 2021. I'm going to believe that if I listen and obey, that I'm going to find greater joy in living in your kingdom than trying to invite you into mine. That we would live by faith as a church and see what God does inviting us into the lives of those who are poor, Having an openness, not to just give money away to someone who is homeless, but to do the hard work of talking with them, maybe even going and buying for them what they need, in order that we could say in a tangible way, this is just a tangible means where I can be a blessing to you and show you the even greater blessing that Jesus has been to me. Maybe it means praying for someone at our work who doesn't know Jesus and you just continually see the hopelessness that's in them as you hear their story and that you would take the time to enter into an angry person's life, an angry heart and to display the light of the gospel to them and maybe at some point say hey could I share with you my story of how Jesus has shown me great joy of how he's healed my heart of how he's shown me his light What would it be like if a church, any church, committed in a new year to say, God, we will commit to be your servants. 
In fact, we're going to take a risk every morning like my friend Ben does. He says, God, i got, got this deal with God. God, I wake up early every morning. I'll seek you in your word. And i got this deal that if I seek you, that you'll speak. And he said he's been doing it for a lot of years. And then God's held up his end of the bargain. What would it be like if we listened and obeyed? And like Mary said, we're not anything special. But we're your humble servant. We're going to give our lives to you. We're going to see what's accomplished when your will is done. When your kingdom comes. That it would be on earth as it is in heaven. Take a moment and bow your heads. Father, would you give us faith? God, there's not many people in this room this morning. And that's okay. There's many more who are watching online. God, there's many more whose hearts have been submitted to you. They're not able to be here today. But God, there weren't many people in that upper room. And you transformed the world. As men found greater joy in Jesus than they found in their careers. As they found greater hope in the resurrection than they found in this life. God, we're empty. 2020 has not delivered. God, we are in need of a fresh wind of your spirit. God, we are in need of submitting ourselves to you. God, would you help us to have faith, to be your servants, to come to you in prayer. God, even in fasting, that we could hear your voice. God, that you would give us courage and faith to believe and obey. That you are faithful in all that you have promised, in all that you desire to do. God, speak to us. As we sing, may this song be our declaration to you. As we pray, and as we meditate, and as we listen, and as we obey. In Jesus' name we pray.